Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, good friends. Good to see you again. And welcome back. Welcome back to the Bill Press Pod. Yes, it's a big disappointment that Republicans now control the House of Representatives. (laughs) It's still difficult for me to utter the words, Speaker Kevin McCarthy. But you know, one silver lining is that Democrats, led by leader Hakeem Jeffries, are proving to be a very effective opposition party, not letting Republicans like Jim Jordan get away with all their phony grandstanding. And nobody's better or stronger taking on these Republicans than Congressman Eric Swalwell, like he did last week blasting Jordan and company for holding a sham investigation into the Justice Department's pursuit of those responsible for terrorizing local school boards. Threats are being carried out to local volunteers on school boards all over America. And apparently the majority is here today to defend those who are making those threats. Taking time away from hanging out with the January 6th defendants at the D.C. jail They're here today to defend threats like this. A threat that says, it is too bad that your mama is an ugly communist whore. If she doesn't quit or resign before the end of the year, we will kill her. But first, we will kill you. That was a threat sent to a child. These guys are defending that threat. They don't believe law enforcement has any business investigating that threat. So Kevin McCarthy may have tossed Swalwell off the House Intelligence Committee, but he can't shut him up. Eric Swalwell's on the job, and we're lucky to have him join us for today's podcast. Congressman, good to reconnect with you again, and welcome back to the Bill Press Pod. Hey, Bill. Thanks so much for having me back on. So uh, we saw some tapes this week on Fox News, Tucker Carlson. You were there on January 6th, Congressman. Uh, Do those tapes in any way uh, have any resemblance to what actually happened? On January sixth, it's a complete, uh, you know, erasing of history uh, in the service uh, of one uh, very, very petty, small man, uh, Donald Trump. Right, and, and, and in fact, if Donald Trump is going to be the nominee, and it looks like he is, you almost have to rewrite history uh, for him to even have a chance, because the midterms showed uh, that the voters rejected violence and extremism and chaos, and they connected that to Republicans and January 6th. So if Donald Trump is going to be the leader of the party again, uh, they need you know, to completely uh, whitewash uh, what happened that day. And, and so I, I see this as an effort of that. And then, you know, Bill, I, I get the scorn and the outrage at Tucker Carlson, um, but you know, just as we say at the zoo, uh, don't feed the animals, uh, we say that because the animals can't help themselves, the people can. Uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, fed the trolls uh, here. Uh, and so he's the one, uh, you know, who should be blamed and, and should be held accountable. And and frankly, this is just the latest installment by Kevin McCarthy for his corrupt bargain 
to remain as speaker. He put Marjorie Taylor Greene on the Homeland Security Committee. We're harboring a wanted international criminal in George Santos and letting him stay in Congress. Uh, and, and this is just the latest installment, and there'll be future installments uh, that hurt our national security and, and standing in the world. Uh, but again, just in service uh, of really a McCarthy speakership and a future Trump candidacy. So why, Congressman, can you understand why the Republican Party would undertake as its mission, and certainly most of them have, to dismiss what happened on January 6th as a mere tourist visit when we all saw it on television. I mean, what what purpose is served by that? That, that Bill, they're, they're just in this Trump vortex. And, and frankly, I, I know many of them don't want to be there, uh, but they're so helpless uh, to speak out against it because you know, the, the vocal minority that Trump holds within the party is very vocal. They're very violent. We've seen what they've done, uh, you know, to Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, uh, the primary uh, races that they've run against anyone who would speak out. And, and so it's easier for them in their mind to just keep their head down uh, than to speak the truth on this. And, and sadly, the result is that now uh, this footage uh, has been distorted uh, uh, it dis it's, it's disinforming the voters. And it's also, frankly, a, a blueprint uh, for how to get it right next time uh, when Donald Trump is unhappy with an election result. Wow. Yeah. So uh, as someone said to me the other day, you know, Tucker Carlson does not hire himself, right? He is hired, paid by Fox News to tell these lies, to put these lies on television, knowing that they're not true. Um, so what does that tell you about Fox? Would you ever uh, agree to appear on Fox if you were invited? I haven't uh, in many years, Bill. And, and you know that I, uh, for many years, um, Rupert Murdoch told people, and he's told me uh, that I was the chairman of the uh, Fox caucus because uh, the number of times I would go on Fox News and, and debate Tucker Carlson. And, and now, uh, you know, just considering the rhetoric and, and the disinformation and the lies uh, and the fealty to Donald Trump, I, I just, I don't go on there uh, anymore. And, and look, this lawsuit by Dominion uh, is piercing through uh, the shield that um, is very hard to pierce through that news organizations and public figures have. And I think that's because of the malice uh, and the knowledge uh, that these hosts had, but they told the lie anyway. And, and so it's going to be quite costly and maybe uh, that's the only way that's the only way, uh, you know, that we're going to see real reform and changes there. So you mentioned um, that this is a difficult uh, moment for some Republicans seeing all this attempt to reinvent January 6th, if you will. Um, Tom, Senator Tom Tillis was pretty outspoken this week on what he thought of this tactic. Um, let's listen to a quick clip and then get your response, Congressman. I think it's bullshit. I was here. I was down there, and I saw maybe a few tourists, a few people who got caught up in things, but when you see police barricades breached, when you see police officers assaulted, all of that, or you had to be in close proximity to it, I just don't think it's helpful. Could this backfire on the Republicans, do you think, Congressman? Well, I, I appreciate, you know, Tillis saying that, um, Bill. If, if I recall, Tillis voted, I was an impeachment manager in the second uh. impeachment, he voted uh, to acquit Donald Trump. Well, again, like I, I, I appreciate his sentiment here, um, but when we needed him, when the evidence was yep. presented, 
Uh, and that was before the January 6th commission. And we had a lot of evidence, uh, you know, then until us, as he said, he lived it. He still gave the guy, you know, a, a free path. Yeah. And so my fear is that, you know, um, it's just cheap talk uh, in that when it, when it comes to actually holding Trump and others accountable, uh, they're not they're not up for it. So um, what do you see now with uh, the House in uh, other hands? Kevin McCarthy finally got the job as speaker. Who's really in charge over there, Congressman? Is it Kevin McCarthy or Marjorie Taylor Greene or Matt Gates or who's running the show? And how do you you know how do you describe what's going on on that side of the House? I would describe it as far as who is in charge in the House of Representatives. Kevin McCarthy has the title speaker. Marjorie Taylor Greene has the job. And, and I say that because Kevin McCarthy cannot do anything uh, that Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, disagrees with. And that's a part of this corrupt bargain. You know, he had he promised that he would come in as speaker with a large 50 seat majority. It turned out it's a five seat majority. Uh, and he had to strike a deal with uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, George Santos, uh, Gates, and, and other extreme members of their caucus. And so he he can't go any farther than they will let him. So that's why uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is leading a, uh, you know, co- we, we call them congressional delegations. This is more of a uh, terror uh, del. Uh, she's going to take her colleagues to uh, the D.C. jail where the January 6th terrorists are being held. And, and that is just shocking to say out loud. Um, but McCarthy has to sign off on that and allow that to happen because that was a promise that he made to Marjorie Taylor Greene. So she is effectively in charge uh, and he gets the shiny title, which I think, frankly, Bill, is all he really wants. Mm. So yeah, uh, uh, let's let's underscore that for our listeners, Congressman, that Marjorie Taylor Greene is, is leading a congressional delegation to the D.C. jail where those who attacked the Capitol and destroyed property and threatened the lives of every member of Congress, including and the vice president of the United States, are being held, right? And, That's right. and she's there basically supporting them. That, that's exactly right. Imagine, uh, you know, a congressional delegation going to Guantanamo Bay, you know, to sympathize with, uh, you know, al-Qaeda terrorists after September 11, you know, the last time uh, America was attacked uh, in such a savage way. Um, people would be rightfully outraged and, and and but that's what they're doing uh because in their mind these terrorists politically are affiliated uh with them i also uh, can't help but think what would their reaction be if democrats were to lead such a delegation right to uh let's say during the black lives matter movement right to jails where some uh, people who engaged in violence were being held. There was violence, uh, you know, at Portland, for example, and I and other Democrats condemned anything that went beyond a peaceful protest. Uh, but if I had gone, you know, to a Portland jail to meet with somebody, you know, who had violently attacked a police officer, you would never hear the end of it. I would no longer be in Congress. Uh, and it, it would be a real, you know, issue that Republicans would exploit. And, and that's why I think as Democrats, we too often let these guys off the hook. We We allow them uh, to do this, and we focus on the person who's doing it, but we don't make anyone else pay the price who associates with them. Marjorie Taylor Greene was put on the Homeland Security Committee by the Steering and Policy Committee in the Republican conference. And, and so they all should own this, just as they try and make all of the Democratic caucus own, you know, anyone who is outside the mainstream in our caucus when they bring up something. But we're, we're not that great at that. I'm trying to get us 
uh, better on it uh, so that if you're not condemning something like this inside the Republican conference, we're making sure, sure the voters know you essentially condone it. So, Congressman, one other promise that Kevin McCarthy made, we know, is the creation of this special committee headed by Jim Jordan, the weaponization of the federal government. Um, I'd I, I like your take on how those hearings seem to be going so far. It looks to me like they're they're shooting blanks, Congressman. Yeah, and this is an obstruction of justice committee because, again, they're using their congressional authority uh, to protect their friends who are under investigation. You know, members of Congress uh, who are under investigation by the FBI, uh, Donald Trump, uh, you know, who we, we saw at a hearing yesterday, uh, many of the questions at the Department of Justice that they had uh, were about the Mar-a-Lago raid. Uh, and so when they went into the majority bill, essentially, they created the largest law firm in Washington, D.C., uh, but they have just one client, uh, and that's Donald Trump. And so they're going to carry out, you know, his grievances, you know, through this, uh, you know, obstruction of justice uh, committee. And, and then, bizarrely, again, because I, I grew up in the Republican Party, my mom, my dad, they're Republicans. I married a Hoosier from Southern Indiana. They're Republicans. Grew up with they grew up with the Pence family. I know the Republican Party. I know their philosophies. I'm stunned that they're spending so much time going after the FBI for wanting to protect parent volunteers and students from people who would terrorize school board meetings. Uh, but again, they, they seem to have a problem that uh, law enforcement would want to do that because the parents who are terrorizing, uh, you know, others at these school board meetings share, you know, MAGA beliefs. And, and so again, this is not my parents' Republican Party, and you're seeing that play out through this obstruction of justice committee. And one thing, one difference that we're seeing as we know, Kevin McCarthy refused after Nancy Pelosi rejected the most extreme members he wanted to appoint to the January 6th committee. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was able to, to appoint uh, Liz, Liz Cheney and uh, Adam Kinzinger, but the Republicans otherwise uh, kept away from that hearing. Uh, Democrats are not making the same mistake on the Jim Jordan hearings. Uh, uh, was that Who made that decision? And by the way, you have to agree that was a very smart decision, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we want to be there, and I call it a, a 3D approach. Uh, we want to discredit them before the gavel even drops to start the hearing. Uh -huh. uh, so it's it's discredit, debunk any uh, points that they try and make, and then deliver uh, by pointing out what we did in the last two years and what we will do when we go back into the majority. And, and for example. Yesterday, I led a hearing on the Democratic side over uh, the Department of Justice and what they are calling, you know, non-compliance over subpoenas. And, and so, Bill, before we started the hearing, we made it clear uh, on our side uh, that it's very rich that Jim Jordan would want to have a hearing about subpoena compliance, considering that he is completely out of compliance on the subpoena that was issued to him. And in fact, he was referred to the House Ethics Committee for violating his congressional oath and not honoring his subpoena. So. We have to discredit them uh, when they try and, you know, land, uh, you know, nonsense or, uh, you know, make false claims. We have to debunk those claims. But again, pivoting back to what we would be doing with our time and the power of Congress, if we're in the majority, uh, I think is uh, important so that people know uh, what what goods for the country would be delivered. The three D's. Yeah, discredit, debunk, deliver. <laughs> uh, very good, very good strategy. Uh, and you, uh, 
were bounced from a committee by Kevin McCarthy. Um, what was your reaction to that? You knew it was coming. It, it's vengeance. Uh, and what we're coming to see with Kevin McCarthy is, is every response he gives when he's cornered is noun, verb, swallow. It was, it's bizarre, Bill. He was asked yesterday why he turned over um, the 40,000 hours of uh, security footage to Tucker Carlson. And he said that much of the footage was turned over by me a year and a half ago, which again, like I, I don't even know where that comes from. Um, it, it's clear that I am uh, occupying space in his head. I, I can tell you from being inside there, it's very empty and lonely. Um, but yes, it, it does feel like political vengeance, uh, but I, I still remain on the Judiciary Committee uh, and the Homeland Security Committee. Uh, and if he thinks that kicking me off of Intel or kicking Adam Schiff off of Intel is going to keep us quiet uh, and, and keep us from speaking out against the MAGA nation, he's wrong. It's just going to give me more time uh, to organize and make sure we go back into the majority. Yeah. Well, he sure is obsessed with you and uh, and and can't hide it uh, at all. So, Congressman, we want to take a quick break here on the Bill Press Pod. Hold on just a second until uh, we uh, thank some of our good union sponsors of the program, and then we'll be right back. And today's podcast with Eric Swalwell, Congressman Eric Swalwell, I should say, is brought to you by the Teamsters Union, the International Brotherhood of Teamsters led by President Sean O'Brien. Yeah, he's the labor leader that you saw taking on Senator Mark Wayne Mullen from Oklahoma last week, demolishing that Republican senator in testimony in front of the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. The good men and women of the Teamsters Union under President O'Brien's leadership, representing every aspect of the American labor movement from vegetable workers in California to uh, construction workers in Las Vegas, bakery workers in St. Louis, and uh, zookeepers in Philadelphia. That's what they say. They represent everybody from A to Z, from airline pilots to zookeepers. We salute the good members of the Teamsters Union and thank them for their support of the Bill Press Pod. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. 
We're back with a very special guest today on the Bill Press Pod, Congressman uh, Eric Swalwell, good friend from California. Uh, Congressman, again, thank you for joining us. President Biden is out with his $6.8 billion, trillion dollar budget. I'm sure you haven't had a chance to read through every line of it, but in general, uh, what do you think of the president's priorities? He's prioritizing families, you know, hoping that we can finish the job and, and expand paid family leave for all from a federal government benefit to something that every family in America can have. Uh, it's it, almost 90% of uh, other countries in the world have it. Uh, and so it's time that we have it in America. Uh, he's making the child tax credit uh, permanent. And, and I can tell you as, you know, a father of three kids, uh, age five, four, and one, that child care is everything. And you know, that tax credit and, and getting it on a monthly basis, I heard from so many of my neighbors and constituents uh, that that went a long way in making sure that you could plan uh, and pay for childcare. And so that two uh, parents in the household could also have the ability to work and support the household. Uh, he's investing uh, in expanding Medicare and making it solvent for another 25 years. And, and I know from my district in the Bay Area that we are so fortunate and we're victims of success when it comes to advancements in medical technology. Uh, we're attacking cancers earlier. We've found uh, immunotherapies on many rare diseases. And, and the good news is uh, in the long term, we're gonna live longer and healthier lives, but we're still gonna need health insurance. And, and so we have to make sure Medicare is solvent uh, is, you know, we see people live longer and, and have greater uh, medical needs. Uh, so it, it's, as I said, it's pro-family, uh, it's pro-safety. You know, we want to uh, do all we can on uh, gun violence uh, and, you know, pass background checks, fund gun safety, um, you know, science so that we understand on the mental health side uh, what we can do. It, it's pro-housing, uh, you know, major investments in affordable housing, and we have a great need. Uh, we've got one of the largest, I have the highest rent uh the fourth highest rent in the country in my congressional district, uh, the 11th highest median home value, uh, and I, we have one of the scarcest uh, home inventories uh, in the whole country in my district because of a lack of housing. So uh, that'll go a long way. So it, it's a uh, ambitious budget. It, it's one, as I said, if he's given another term uh, and we have a majority in both the House and Senate and we're close, uh, we can finish the job on so many of these priorities. So, uh, of course, the president realizes that uh, it's going to require some uh, discussions, some negotiations. He said yesterday in Philadelphia when he introduced the budget, I'm ready to sit down with the speaker at any time. Uh, he can show me his budget. I'll show him mine, and then we can start talking. So um, where is the Republican budget, uh, Congressman, and when are we going to see it? Do they even know what they want? Uh, Hakeem Jeffries said yesterday, Bill, that uh, the budget is— uh, in the witness protection program uh, right now. Uh, I, th I thought that was pretty good, uh, and, and he's a pretty good messenger. Um, and the problem is we were promised a border bill immediately, and um, you know there are some, uh, like Chip Roy, who are calling for cruel border policies, and then there are others like Tony Gonzalez, who has credibility on this because he's got about 900 miles of the southern border, and he's pumping the brakes and, and asking for them you know, to be more uh, humane, uh, secure, and, and thoughtful. And so they don't have the votes to even put forward a border security bill, let alone something much larger uh, like a budget bill. We do know that in this corrupt bargain, an installment that is coming is $75 billion in 
cuts to the troops at a time that we're trying to keep Ukraine in their fight. We're getting ready for a showdown with China in Taiwan. North Korea last week threatened uh, that they are ready, um, you know, to take extraordinary actions against uh, the United States. And of course, Iran, uh, again, is helping Russia, threatening Israel and the U.S. And, and so there, there's a lot of threats around the world. And uh, I always support like leaner, meaner alliance uh, led defense plans, but to just cut across the board $75 billion uh, because you're siding with an isolationist like Matt Gates. That's not going to make us safe. I think that's why you're not seeing a budget yet or a border bill. Again, is he's beholden to uh, the most extreme in his conference. Well, there are also voices in the uh, Republican caucus who are saying that we have to balance the budget, right? I mean, these are, these are born-again fiscal conservatives, it looks like, Congressman, right? Where were they <laughs> under Donald Trump? Yeah, no one uh, ballooned the deficit more uh, than Donald Trump with, you know, his tax cuts, tax cuts, uh, you know, that benefited, uh, you know, the wealthiest in this country, uh, took away a, you know, middle and working class benefit that my constituents had, uh, who were homeowners, you know, in the salt deduction, um, and, and really led to uh, an outrageous amount of stock buybacks uh, by corporate America that just, you know, lined the pockets of people who uh, were already pretty well off. Um, so if we repealed that, uh, that would actually do more for the debt and deficit uh, than anything uh, the Republicans are going to propose. But of course, uh, that's something they'll never go along with. But uh, so as you mentioned, uh, this a lot of the president's budget is aimed at fulfilling some of the things he talked about was not able to get done uh, in the first few years, basically finishing the job, as the president might say. Um, what kind of marks do you give Joe Biden for his first two years, Congressman? You know, Bill, he came in with, you know, a historic crippling health crisis uh, with COVID, uh, a country that was attacked from the inside after January 6, uh, and an economy uh, that was on the ropes. And as a parent, you know, also the just quality of life for many parents with our kids stuck at home and us trying to work from home was really um, debilitating. And within a year, main streets are open, churches and synagogues and mosques are open, schools are open, uh, America's back to work, 310,000 jobs added last month. The infrastructure bill that every president has talked about and campaigned about, Biden did the crazy idea that Medicare should negotiate for prescription drug prices. Every Democrat who's run for president in my lifetime uh, has talked about that. Biden did that. The first gun safety legislation passed in 30 years after a carousel of mass shootings. Biden delivered on that. China's dominating in the semiconductor space. And so we invested in the bipartisan CHIPS Act and, of course, the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, which you know, will cap insulin costs, out-of-pocket prescription drug costs, and make the greatest investments in climate. He did all of that in two years. He did all of that with the plus four majority in the House and an even Senate. Imagine what he would have been able to do with Franklin Roosevelt's majorities uh, during his time. And so I think he has every right to tell Americans, give me bigger majorities in the House and Senate, and I'll finish the job. Uh, does that mean he's got every right to run again in 2024? Should he? And will if he does, will you support him? 
I'm all in uh, for him. Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, Bill, I ran for president um, wanting to make the case for a new generation of leadership and, uh, you know, someone who had uh, a number of years of experience in the House and, and national security. And all over Iowa and New Hampshire, there was a lot of excitement about some of the younger candidates in the race. Um, but there was a lot of anxiety about the crisis after crisis that Trump had put us into. And I heard over and over, you know, we can't roll the dice on someone who's not seasoned and experienced. And this was even before COVID. And, and so in many ways, the voters knew, it's like they had a sixth sense that something even worse was going to happen. And we got behind Joe Biden uh, and it was the right call then. He's validated uh, that decision by the voters uh, and has every right you know, to run for a second term and, and finish the job. And, and I hope uh, the, the voters not only give him the job again, but recognize giving us one more seat in the Senate and a majority in the House would allow us to reform the filibuster and truly finish the job. Uh, and Congressman, we know Californians, there's another big election up in 2024. Uh, Senator Feinstein is not going to run for re-election. Um, are you going to run for that seat? And if not, who are you supporting? I'm all in on that seat um, for Adam Schiff and Bill, you know, for eight years on the Intel Committee, uh, particularly the last six years of that committee, um, we were, uh, we, we got a PhD in, you know, Russian uh, interference. Uh, we, we did a lot on Russia and Ukraine, and we had almost zero partners across the other side and, and dealt with a lot of obstruction. And hearing after hearing, whether we were in the minority or leading the first and second impeachment, um, Chairman Schiff was just unflappable, fearless, uh, prepared. Uh, he's made of integrity. And so I saw him, as I said, in those you know trenches and to replace someone like Senator Feinstein, you know, just a, a uh, giant in the Senate, it's going to take somebody uh, like Adam Schiff. So I'm, I'm all behind him. We're, we're at a crossroads in California. You know, we are losing, uh, we, we've lost Speaker Pelosi, you know, is the Speaker of the House. Uh, we're going to be losing Senator Feinstein. Uh, and so we're going to need people who are ready day one to step up and deliver. And, and Adam uh, absolutely is. Well, you, Congressman, are a big part of the, the leadership for California in the United States Congress uh, as well, for which we are very grateful. So thank you for your good work. And thank you for um, spending some time with us today on the Bill Press Pod. My pleasure. Thanks, Bill. And that's it for today's podcast with Congressman Eric Swalwell, one of the strongest, one of the best Democratic members of the House. We thank him for his leadership. Thank him especially for joining us on the Bill Press Pod. And thank you for joining us as well. And invite you back on Friday, where we will look back at all the big news of the week from our nation's capital with three of our top political reporters. That's our political roundtable. We know you always look forward to it. So have a good week. We'll see you again on the next edition of the Bill Press Pod, Friday's Roundtable.